you're here to make a difference, it's our job to help you do that. Welcome to the Impact Driven Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast that helps you to build a thriving coaching company by becoming a thriving, impactful CEO. We do that through the Impact Formula methodology. And what this means is that you're going to be selling out your offers, scaling beyond one-on-one into group programs, and leveraging a team so that you can exponentially increase your income and slash your work week. It's time to experience the true income, impact, and freedom you deserve. Welcome back to the Impact Driven Entrepreneur. Today I have Camilla Jean. We are going to be chatting all things implementation, right? It is one thing to learn the thing. It is a whole other thing to do it and to do it consistently so you can get the results to match what that education is. So I'm so excited to welcome you on. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I know we've chatted a little bit before and I always look forward to connecting with you and chatting some more. We always have a good time. We do. We do. And hopefully the children will behave. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. We've got Um, our little support crew in the background. So it's always a wild ride when you hit record, right? (laughs) Exactly. So tell everybody a little bit, I mean, I know what you do, but tell everybody a little bit about what you do and what your business is all about and how you got started. So um, I've been a serial entrepreneur my whole life. I grew up in um, a family that went back um, three generations on both sides with entrepreneurial businesses. I mean, I have photos of um, my dad's side, brothers that delivered ice with horses and wagons and all kinds of neat stuff. So it's just in my genes. I can't help it. It's just like a bad disease sometimes you feel like, but I love it. I just love entrepreneurs. So we've actually, I've built some construction businesses um, throughout my 30 plus years of business ownership. We've built businesses, sold businesses, um, still run some of them. We, my husband and I just sold a commodities trading business. Um, And for the last six years, I have been also helping other entrepreneurs, small businesses get started more in that solopreneur or early stage of bringing people onto their teams and mostly women that have been coming to me and I've been kind of sharing my experience and helping them. My favorite things, of course, is marketing and productivity. I think marketing is something that we have to do in our business every single day. I've heard it said that if you're not selling, you're not making money. So that combination of marketing and sales and how do we work it in with actually executing and either delivering our products or performing on our services that we're offering. And so trying to, you know, productivity comes in when you're really trying to make sure that people can fit those key things in that actually move their businesses forward and stay focused on those and make time for them and make really good time for them. So that's what I am doing right now in my business. And I do that through small mastermind groups and one-on-one packages so I can really cater to what people need and what's gonna move them further along fastest. Yeah, love it. And what do you think like, I mean, and many of your people are moms as well, right? Right, I think it's, I was one of those people that when I grew up, I, I never even pictured being a mom. I was so in love with just business from the get-go. That's all I really cared about. When I met my husband, I think that was the first time that I was like, I could have a family with him. So kind of a different story than I think what some people go with. And I'm so happy that I've ended up where I have. I have three beautiful children. We're super busy. 
um, off and on through that time, I've taken some time to just be with the kids. So I really love getting to experience both sides of it. And I really have a great appreciation now for how hard it is to do both roles, to be a mom and to be a spouse, and then to also be an entrepreneur. So I think it gives us a very unique set of problems and challenges. And I've had a lot of moms once I became a mom that came to me and these women were highly educated. I mean, I had literally rocket scientists, um, wine chemists. I mean, all these amazing, you know, brilliant accountants, lawyers, all this kind of stuff that maybe they'd taken a little hiatus or in trying to make everything work with their spouse's career, their career and their family, they had really not been able to pursue what they thought they were going to do and what they went to school for. So trying to rebuild something, wanting to make a difference, needing some type of outlet in their life, wanting to also contribute to the legacy of their families, trying to kind of put that all together in a way that makes sense for them. It's profitable for them. I mean, I really love working with the clients that are serious about growing a business, making a difference, making it profitable and blessing their families and the communities they work in. Yeah. Beautiful. So we had said we wanted to talk about implementation. So what are some things that you think are important for us to really set the frame here for what we're going to cover? So I think some of the problems that I see people come to, I have a lot of people that come to me and they're, we're talking about their marketing and we're talking about how they're going to message their business, um, how they're going to go to market, how they're going to um, bring in those leads, nurture those leads um, and grow their business. Super, super important stuff. But a lot of small business owners have a really hard time. They're, they're chasing shiny objects. They're wearing all of the hats. Um, there's really a lot of lag that happens when we're switching hats in our life, let alone in our business. So it takes quite a while for our brains to actually switch thinking and stuff like that. So a lot of times before we can really get effective at those things, we actually have to take a couple steps back and look at their business and their life in terms of how they're setting up their time, how they're setting up their weeks and how they're breaking and chunking stuff up and how they're prioritizing things. So a lot of times what that looks like is a, a process where we look at kind of all their life domains, because since a lot of my clients are moms, that's where I always have to start because they can't, you know, so there, it's a proven fact. We know scientifically that when men set goals versus when women set goals, it looks differently. Men's goals are much narrower. And if you ask them their goals, they're pretty much centered on their career and stuff like that. And traditionally, when you ask women about their goals, their goals are actually stretched over a much broader range of domains. So you need to take that all into account if you are a female running a business and you're still managing a family and running a family as well, and you probably have a strong desire for all of those parts of your life to thrive. Mm -hmm. And it's not right or wrong one way or another. We just know statistically and scientifically that that's how women are. So based on that, it's really important to identify those domains in your life, be clear that you have goals for each one of those, and then try to break those down and chunk them into, I like to call it an ideal week. So I try to help them build a framework where they have pillars and they have chunks of time that they have mapped out and planned out what would an ideal week look like in my world and in my life in order to actually help me accomplish the goals. So we have to talk about the goals. 
we have to talk about the action steps that it's going to take to get to those goals because sometimes that's what we miss or we misidentify what those actual action steps are. If you need to reach out and contact 10 potential clients in order to close and execute on two of them, you need to know that and you need to have that built in. Right. So we started those domains so that we've identified, you know, we can't just let everything go, you know, to the benefit of our company and our family suffers or vice versa. We're doing this for families. So we look at those domains and then we start to build that ideal week all the way down to the nuts and bolts of aligning your daily activities with the results you want in your business and in your family and in your life. Now, the goal is in the end, you're never going to get 100%. And we can talk a little bit more about that later. But the goal is to have an ideal week set out and to be aiming for it every week. We're not looking for 100%. We're looking to have some clarity on what we should be doing and what it should look like. So yeah. that's an overview of the process that I'm typically working on with clients early on when they're struggling to actually execute and implement the things they need to do in their business. Yeah. It, beautiful. Yeah, I use a similar thing. I mean, I call it master schedule and it's similar in that it, it's like the ideal, but then there's like Sunday comes and you got to look at what that looks like concretely mm -hmm. and week to week, there's lots of changes. And one thing I work, I like to really look at for people is like, tell yourself the truth, right? Like tell yourself the truth when you're going to do your schedule. So one example is like, I really resisted putting laundry on my schedule because I'm like, well, I don't need to waste time on laundry. The problem yeah. is the laundry kept piling up. And then I spent so much time stressing out about the laundry. I know. <laughs> this, sounds I know. So, this sounds so bizarre, but then like, if I don't tell myself the truth that I need to block out some time, even if it's like one night of TV time, I just pop the hamper in front of myself and, and like do the laundry. Right. But, um, if I don't tell myself that truth, then it's wearing me down having to think about it for so long, you know? Yes. Um, so, well, especially now, right. Because right now at the time of this recording, we're still in isolation. We're still in quarantine. Most people are not able to get any support at home, you know, I mean, yeah. for me, I'm a single mom. So like, it's me, that's it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you're, um, you're it. Yeah, I'm it. So like, and I don't know for our listeners, there could be single parents as well, or mothers who, or caretakers who have a spouse that is working and is working either remotely far away or whatever, like the situation is. So what can they start to do like with some of these extraneous tasks that need to be done, not necessarily money-making, like what can we do with those things? So um, this is how I like to think about this. And it's, it's really the same. I mean, maybe how you chunk stuff is, is different, but the concept is still the same. So when I have, when I walk people through this particularly, but right now, I think a lot of parents that have worked out of the homes, we all maybe have spouses or uh, not all of us, but some of us have folks. I mean, my husband has probably seen a lot more of like what my summers typically look like because I work from home. He typically works out of the house. And so it's different right now. He's getting to really see what it's like. But one of the things that I think really helps is when we talk about those domains, for me, my domains are family, business, maintenance, and myself. 
and the only and include myself because it's that whole oxygen mask analogy and you got to put your oxygen mask on first that may be right now during some of this covid times it is that is shrunk down like i'm probably not getting as many workouts in as i want to get in and i'm probably not reading quite as much as i want to read but that's fine i'm just shrunk it down and once i reassessed everything i intentionally looked at that and I was okay with shrinking it down just as long as I didn't mark it off. The other thing that people get confused on a lot is I separate family and maintenance. And people are like, what is maintenance? And I love that you mentioned laundry That was my next early. question. <laughs> yeah, that was it, right? That's laundry. That's doing my grocery order. That is all those things, watering the flowers. It is all the things that keep the house running, that keep my family running and functioning. So um, when we're not in COVID time, that might be registering them for events. That might be contacting their teacher and having communication about that. Um, all of that falls into maintenance. And I have to be intentional and give it a spot. Because even if, you know, when things are running normal and maybe I outsource some of those items, I still didn't outsource all of them. I mean, it doesn't matter what situation, maybe you outsource more than somebody, maybe you outsource less, you still have some, and that's just part of it. Um, cooking dinner for me. Now for some people, they may enjoy that so much that may fall into their me time category. And that's where it gets a little unique for everybody. For me, that's not it, that's maintenance. Family time, I include things like if we're gonna sit and watch TV together, or we're gonna go outside and do chores and then take some time to play together. So I really like to separate the two of them. And part of my ideal week is a big chunk of my Friday is actually blocked out for maintenance because I know my family needs me to spend so many hours on that a week. And if it doesn't get done, my work suffers, my family suffers, everything else suffers. So it's kind of a cornerstone of my ideal week. So when it comes to a time period like we're in now, I definitely, I actually, I went through the exercises that I do with my clients to create an ideal week, the same process I've used for myself and for clients. And then I did that for myself again. And I just, it was much quicker. It was super easy. I used all of my templates and I adjusted because the reality was I had to add school teacher. So I had to yeah. find some chunks and my week is not always hitting that ideal but I know that I have that chunk for maintenance on Fridays between this time and this time. And when I start, it takes a while when you do this. Um, it's not like you flip a switch and then everybody around you is going to start adhering to your ideal week. The, when I first implemented this myself, it took a couple weeks that were really quite painful. And like, I was like actually upset. I remember talking to my husband, but I came up with this great strategy. It should work. And the more I, I wanted to be so upset and just throw my hands up that first week. But what I realized is I needed to, first off, understand that I wasn't going to hit it 100%. If I was honestly at 60%, my productivity had increased about tenfold, just at 60%. But it took me several weeks to get to where I was consistently getting over 50. So I was between that like 50 to 70% hitting it. It took me three weeks because I had to adjust my schedule. I had to make sure that people weren't scheduling client calls on days when I was working on my content. Um, all of those types of things had to take some time to start getting adjusted. And it took me being intentional, letting people know, trying to adjust my schedule. And within about three weeks, I started to see results. 
So having that Friday for me blocked off for maintenance is something that was really kind of a game changer and not letting that be family time was really, really important before I was mixing the two and it became really stressful and family time wasn't very fun for any of us anymore. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is such a good tip. I have never heard of it be called maintenance, but now I, I get it. Like, especially with the school teacher stuff. Yeah. Like <laughs> like my maintenance else. section basically got a lot bigger. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I love that. And I found, I just did like a whole organization craziness this weekend. I, I finished a launch and over the weekend, I just organized like these back cabinets and organized a lot in my home for the kids to have a better setup for homeschooling because they are now talking about homeschooling for even next year for us here in New York. So I'm like, okay, I got to like create centers or something. You know, my kids are not that old, so it's not like serious homeschooling, but it's like play stuff, you know, like an area for for games and place, you know, like a dress up and those kind of things. So I started setting up some different centers for them and just that change really has helped them to visually see what I mean with the schedule, right? I I don't know if you've experienced that with your environment, but for me, the kids like really caught on and were like, this is great. Yeah. Where before when I was like, go do something like go do this, it was harder to get them to. But once it was physically set up, they were like so much more adherent to it. Yeah. I think so. And I think, um, I just had a conversation, um, recently with somebody about, and, um, my husband, I've actually had multiple conversations. So now that I've kind of implemented this ideal week and I've had to go through not only implementing it for myself, but implementing it with clients. And then this happened and I had to make an adjustment to my own, um, and just recalibrate, which recalibrating happened much quicker and was much easier than the first time around. Part of that was because I didn't necessarily have to worry about outdoor or, you know, the kids activities at least were gone. So some of the outside scheduling stuff was easier. Um, but also my husband and I have talked about how do we use this same model to coordinate some of the, the pillars of our family schedule as a unit together, just to kind of help us work together better. And then I've also talked about how this could be helpful for letting the kids maybe have a little ownership and setting up their ideal schedule, giving them some parameters about what needs done, what they have to accomplish and how they could, we can have a conversation about building their own ideal week. So giving them a little bit of ownership in the process while still giving them some parameters as well is something that we're starting to experiment with at our house. So we're just wrapping up all of the kind of home teaching stuff. We're going to summer break, but I'm finding that this is I'm pretty excited to start playing with this and implementing it with them because I think it's going to help our summers moving forward. Or if in fact, like you, maybe next fall, we have a similar situation again, giving them a little ownership and responsibility, I think is a great exercise in teaching them some time management and ownership in that as well. Yeah. I love it. And how old are your kids? I wonder um, if so we're too five, early. eight and 10. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. I did simple asking them, like, do you want to do the park after dinner or before? Like that kind of thing. Like some things that were a little easier to, um, to keep, keep, you know, you know what I mean? Like those one-off things where like, it's reasonable to give them a choice. They have some ownership. They know certain things they got to do. And that just impacts like, how do you want to do it? Like certain things have to happen, but how do you want to do it? Um, 
and kind of teaches them to make choices. I know this morning. Um, so we are actually leaving town for the first time in forever to go visit grandma because things have loosened up a little bit and she has a cabin where we don't have to be around people. So we are going to be doing that and they're super excited. But like I told them, this is your list. You guys all have a list this morning to get done. And I don't really care what order you do it in. And if you get it done early while I'm recording my podcast, you guys can do whatever you want. So you guys choose. Choose how quickly you want to get this done. Choose if you want to get it done so you have extra time, but it's your choice. So, um, and it's similar. I think it's similar, but when it comes to running your business and actually executing what I found really helps in my business and what most of my clients do, and it doesn't work for every single business, but um, they can do a certain degree of this, is I have certain days of the week that are primarily for certain types of activities in my business that I know are critical to my business and they need to be a focus and they need to be my focus. So marketing and sales activities happen on a certain day. That doesn't mean that if I have an opportunity to get on a sales call with a client and close a deal or something like that, that I'm not going to do it on a different day, but I know that I have those routine activities. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to follow up with X number of clients. I'm going to work on some relationship development activities that I know I need to do reoccurring. I know, for example, in my business, the bulk of Tuesday is for that. And I know at what time that's going to start and what time that's going to end. And so I know I only have so long to get it done. And that is another thing that I think is really, really important in an ideal week is to have blocks and chunks of time where you know you don't have, I don't have till Friday to get that stuff done. I have yeah. till Tuesday at three o'clock to get those critical sales activities done. If I get opportunities to do more of that later in the week, that's great. That's a bonus. But I know that my, I owe it to my business to get that done because that's the time that I've allotted for that. Oh, I love how you put it. So you're saying I owe it to my business to get it done. Beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. So I like to, when we're scheduling this and we're designing this for my clients and we're talking about, so we kind of talk about life domains and then when we break it down to get into their business section, we kind of break it into the critical activities they need to be doing in their business. They always need to be doing marketing. You need to market, 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 which is tied into sales, which are not necessarily always the same thing. I like to think of sales as part of the marketing process, but you need to understand that it is a specific part and it needs to happen. You can't market yourself to death, grow your visibility, and then never ask for the sale. So right. you have to be intentional about those parts. But I think that every single business owner, while they need to have things set up that they're doing that constantly, they probably need to have a chunk of their week where they're intentionally creating um, collateral, reaching out to people, following up, um, making maybe they're writing emails for their nurture sequence that's part of their funnel. I know I teach a lot of funnels. I'm a Story Brown certified guide. So we talk about funnels and using funnels and using those to create leads, pull in the right leads, filter out the wrong leads. But to do that stuff, even if you're building an automated system, there's some stuff in your business that is going to require some dedicated time. Yeah. If you set up automated systems like funnels, that's really great and it's not going to take as much time, but you want to still make sure that you're spending a little bit of time each week and yeah. you're dedicating that time and you know it's important and you're doing it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. So your main set, uh, sections are like, 
marketing sales, I'm guessing somewhere customer support. Um, yeah. So yeah. I have um, about a day and a half that I spend on client work and client calls. And I try to keep all of my clients scheduling in that. Mm -hmm. And I break that down into a certain percentage of me interacting with my clients and then me actually maybe doing work. So some of the work that I do for clients, they have me actually do and execute. It's done for you work. And then I have work that's done with the client and I help them through the process or I'm working with a small group and we're working through there. I try to chunk those all into, I have a day and a half where I'm delivering and I'm executing on the services and the products in my business. And what's great about that, if you can do that, and like I said, you're always just aiming for that ideal week. You're never going to always be hitting it perfectly, but you're actually going to be working at a higher capacity because I am in the mode of creating collateral for my clients or helping my clients solve problems or create collateral for their businesses and their marketing strategies. During that time, my brain, I'm using that part of my brain during that time. I'm not switching into looking at my books during that time, or I'm not switching into helping my kids with their homework during that time. Mm -hmm. So that actually helps me. I know when early on when this hit and I was switching from one thing to another thing periodically, it, I lost, I could feel my brain. I was losing a lot of time just to switching gears, engaging a different part of my brain and working in something else. The same is true when I'm working on content creation. If I'm working on stuff for my podcast, um, content episodes, preparing for interviews and stuff like that, that's a different part of your brain that you use. So I actually try to do that in chunks. I try to batch that work all together. And I find that I can increase my productivity at least six times when I do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're doing a lot of interviews chunked recently and that's been great. I mean, there's some finessing with the children. For sure. For <laughs> that sure. has that's to happen. That's part of being a mom and an <laughs> right. entrepreneur, right? Yeah, but it, it has worked much better. And I feel like a badass. I mean, I really do. Like when I'm done, I think I did like eight interviews one day, like this wow. week. Yeah, it was a lot. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I deserve a pat in the back for this day. <laughs> like know. somehow Absolutely. I did it. And actually your kids probably love it because at the end of that, you are kind of cooked. Like you don't have anything left for those other activities in your business, but that's okay because you batch that and that was stuff you needed to do. You have identified it's important in your business. You gave it a time spot and you honored that and you executed it. And then I know recently I had one of those long interview days too. And like my kids were like, we just want to watch a movie with you today. I'm like, that's great. Cause that's about all I got. Like, <laughs> exactly. You got me on the couch and they were thrilled because it's hard to get me to sit still. Yeah. It's so funny. My son always looks at me during movies. He's like, is she sleeping? Is she sleeping? <laughs> I know. I always try to put my other electronics away, but that doesn't mean that maybe I'm not zoning off thinking about something else um, or maybe taking a little cat nap, but they're just thrilled that I'm there. Right. And that's part of it. And like I said, that falls into that family time, right? right? So it's okay. So I know for me in my ideal week, what it looks like is Monday is kind of a creative and a content day. So mm -hmm. that might be where I'm working on my own business or creative content for my clients. So the great thing about batching that is if I have an extra amount of one of the things I do with um, a lot of the packages I do for clients is we actually develop 12 months, an entire 12 months 
of their promotional strategy. So they know every single week what email they are sending out. Um, and if they do five emails, then that's what that whole, it's a huge Excel sheet and they just open it up, they keep it open, they look at it every single day and they know. So then they can batch out all that kind of stuff. But that's a serious creative mode for me. Yeah. In content mode for me. But if I sit down and that's all I'm doing that day is similar activities for my business, whether it's my podcast or my social media content or for a client, that's okay because I'm in that zone. And if I can stay in that zone for a longer period of time and I'm not switching in and out of it, I can get really, really productive. I can get much more creative and do much more quality work. But I know from eight to three, of course, I take breaks. I, I you know, you stop and eat and things like that. But I know that that is the zone I'm working in that day. Mm-hmm. Then the next day, I'm working on marketing and sales for my own business. Then the next day and a half, I am actually working on just my clients' work. I'm doing coaching calls with them, or we're working through a package. We're working back and forth to complete a piece of collateral, or I'm working specifically on a piece of collateral for them. So that's how it typically looks. And that's what I'm shooting for in my business. And that's it. You don't work other, you work three and a half days a week. That's it. Yeah, basically. Now things, things get changed. Right. And then, but that's that, um, well, that ends up being about four days. And then that Friday is mostly maintenance. Now, let me tell you what I do do, which has made a huge difference in my business. I have a business startup ritual and a business wrap-up ritual every single day. And those happen on Fridays as well. So they're short, they are timed. I actually use, and I did a whole podcast episode on this. I had people asking me how to use Alexa for their business. And I was like, I don't know. I don't really use it. Like I hardly use her at all, as a matter of fact. So I did some research and I started experimenting and I found a few ways that I could use her for my business but this was my favorite way. And this ended up being some of my listeners' favorite episodes once I revealed what I learned going through that process. So I created a routine and multiple routines inside of her. And so I, she sits next to my computer. And when I come in every morning, I tell her to kick off my day. And she starts a sequence of events. And I know that if, if my day falls apart, if I do nothing else but that business startup and that business wrap-up, I will have made progress in my business and got closer to my profit goals and my result goals. So if I work for those two hours a day and everything else blows up, i.e. COVID teaching (laughs) kids, there has been some days like that recently. I know I'm making progress. I know that I've probably gained some leads Mm -hmm. that um, I may need to carve out time to close those leads or I know that I've promoted a product in a way that is going to get results because I've built a very routine. It's, it's following up on key client um, emails is some of the stuff that's in there. It's doing my social media posts. It's doing my social media engagement. So it's kind of those tedious things you have to do every day. And some of my clients, business startups and business wrap ups look a little bit different than mine. It depends on the activities that you need to do that nobody else can do as good as you in your business, that if nothing else gets done, those activities are moving you closer to your goals and they're moving the needle in your business. 
So I implement those in my business and in my clients' businesses. And if nothing else happens, if you can do that, you're good. You may not be moving as fast as you want. Um, you may get backed up, but you know that if you have a day that blows up, which I think is being a mom and an entrepreneur, you need that backstop you of need knowing something. Yeah. Some, every now and then and a kid's going to get sick. Even when we're back in school, you get a kid that's sick and you have to go take him to the doctor all day and you're waiting at the doctor's office all day. Or you have one client who has a major crisis and you need to help them, but you're backed up on some other stuff. You know, those bare minimum things got done in your business. And yeah. that is incredibly powerful. And I can start that routine. Neither one of those routines take over an hour. So that's, that's two hours each day. I could keep my business afloat that way. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so we'll link to that in the show notes for sure to your yeah. podcast. So, and then, yeah, I, I can kind of, I see that. Like, I mean, for me, I only do a startup routine and it's getting on the phone with my team. <laughs> like I roll out and I'm like 8 30 a.m. I'm like all right what are you guys doing all right do this do this do this do this and as long as I can put my head together for like five minutes before my meeting with my team I'll know they'll execute on everything I need and that's how I I mean that's the secret how I run my business <laughs> absolutely and I think that's really worth noting if you if leadership is one of those key roles mm -hmm. so if you have a business where you are a solopreneur it, it, you can kind of let leadership go away. Like it, it's, yeah, exactly. It's you don't as need it as right? much. Yeah. But, and I've had, I've went from having employees with, or business with 50 or 30 employees. Um, now, um, it's me and a VA. So I do still have that team, but it's smaller, but it's super critical. If you are in a position where even if you just have a VA or if you have a small team, you do need to know that leadership is needs to be one of those critical pillars in your business and probably needs to be part of at least one of those daily rituals mm -hmm. that you're doing that. And it's probably also going to be part of, um, you know, one of the things that you hear a lot about, and I think it's so true and I've seen it to be true is when people are transitioning from small enough businesses and then they're starting to hire people, they are always like, well, I hired them to help me, but it's just, it's harder for me to explain it. So I'm just going to do it myself. And then they're like, well, they're just not very helpful. So there's all these little nuances that you need to understand. Put the work, put 10 hours, which is hard to find 10 hours, but put that into creating that process and then teaching them how to use that process. Mm -hmm. And it's worth it because it's probably saving you two hours every single week. Yeah. And that adds up. So we have to stop and that's part of the leadership role. So that's part of, once you get those kinds of inputs done, you put that type of work in up front, but you may, so let's just look at my ideal week. For example, if you're in that kind of stage, you probably need to have that be part of maybe your content or your creative. If you're actually creating a process that then you need to teach them, but you probably need to have part of each week that is dedicated to leadership because yeah. they need you to lead them. They do. Oh. They really like the, and they want to be led. And for me, like that change, because I used to only do once a week meetings and that change to daily meetings was like one of the best things I did for my own mental health as well, because then I knew what was happening, what wasn't happening. And I didn't have to like, you know, sort through Asana to figure out what was happening or like make assumptions. Like I just knew mm -hmm. um, because of the conversation, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, 
I have eight people on my team and we're done in 30 minutes. So it's like my most yeah. productive 30 minutes of my I day. Love that. Like, yeah. I love that you said that you guys like, you have a set period of time. Yes. And it's it's like, only and 30 you probably minutes. have an agenda, right? Mm -hmm. And yep. that doesn't mean with specific projects or when you're training somebody or when you're creating a process for them that you might be spending more time with them. But I think those reoccurring meetings, it's the same thing as your business wrap startup or wrap up is you probably should really have timers set yep. and limits so that you know, and everybody involved knows this is not the time to just catch up on your day. This is the right. time to talk about it. And the more and more you do that and you stick to it, people appreciate that. They really do. They, they do. And so, I mean, that's probably the most startup routine type of thing I do. I think one question that comes up for me when you're talking about this with the blocking out the days um, like what if something comes up and it's in a different block and you're not addressing that for like several days or like a week, like how do you juggle that piece? Um, I don't know if it's just my limiting beliefs here. So no, <laughs> tell me everything. I, I think this is totally worth talking about. So something that when I'm going through this process with a client early on, is we do have to spend some time kind of brain dumping all the things that they do. This is also a really good place to identify if you're doing things you shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think as entrepreneurs, we're all really, really guilty of spending a lot of hours and time doing things that we don't need to be doing or we shouldn't be doing in our business. And this is one of the reasons why having somebody to help you with this stuff is really helpful because it's hard to see that yourself. You yeah. always think it's all important and it yeah, all has exactly. to be done by you. Maybe yeah. it doesn't even need to be done at all, mm -hmm. or it doesn't have to take nearly as long as it does. Um, right. Or somebody else could do it. Somebody that's, you have to think about how much is your time worth and where do you deliver the highest value? Right. So I think going through that early on when you do a process like that, and then also I think it's really good to um, at least once a year, but I would say maybe even twice a year. Now, if you are doing this for a long time and you've been doing it, you may be pretty good about this, but if you're in a place where maybe you've started to hire people throughout the year or something, I would say twice a year. And I love it when my, we put it in the calendar for my clients, that this is something that we're in six months, we're going to audit this. We have certain things that we audit in our business. Mm -hmm. So this is one of them. Have things changed? Have you maybe hired somebody and we need to look at your ideal week and the activities that need to be involved in their ideal week? what things need to shift. So, and I use kind of a quadrant process where you talk about, um, you know, where your strengths are um, versus where somebody else's might be, what maybe, you know, I mean, there are just certain things, like there are certain things I need to do with my books and my accounting as a business owner. Now there's at a certain level though, right? I need to hire an accountant. It's yeah. not a good idea for me to do my own taxes. Like right. it's a good idea for me to prepare them. It's a good idea for me to stay on top of my expenses. But, and then as your business grows, you know, you probably need somebody to do payroll. That's probably not the best use of your time. If you're a qualified coach or artist or contractor or photographer or whatever it is you do, you need to make sure you're leveraging your time and sometimes sitting down and just auditing that with somebody. So once you have it in place, it's much easier to audit. But I think if you do that regularly, you're going to identify if you're missing something big in your business that you should be doing. 
It's all about knowing what activities you need to be doing to get you the results you want and where are you putting time and you're you have to hold it sacred. You have to create a space in your calendar for that. And if it's important enough that that is the difference between having a profitable business and just spinning your wheels with the hustle, that's the difference. You need to know it and you've got to give it a place and you've got to honor that space. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing to do sometimes as an entrepreneur. Like you have to do that for yourself though. Yeah, totally. So the yeah. answer to that is you, you got to audit sometimes. Yeah. You got to um, audit and mold it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always say um, about the processes. So I build processes. I'm pretty good at doing that. It's like one of my superpowers. And I always tell my, my team, I'm like, I need you to break this. Like <laughs> my yeah. whole goal is for you to go through and fuck everything up on purpose. Like I want yep. that because when you do, I can make a change in the system. It's never you. It's always the process. Mm-hmm. And that is changing to that type of business has been critical for me to grow because, you know, when it was when it was me trusting someone who knew what they were doing with the process, then I had to rely on that person Mm -hmm. versus like when you trust a process, it's your business's asset, right? So like, I, I look at very much like the scheduling as one of these things, like you want to break it, you want it to kind of have all the things come at it and then troubleshoot and say, okay, oh, oops, I forgot this piece. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the benefits of working for people. I would say, even if you have a small business and it's just you think about creating processes, even mm-hmm. for yourself and breaking, like breaking them down into steps, documenting them because they may not be perfect right now, but it's going to make it a lot easier when it's time to hand them over to somebody and the process of them, like you said, going through it, betting it, testing it, challenging it to break, mm-hmm. challenging how it could be better. It's just going to be faster. It's going to help with that um, resistance to putting in those 10 hours we were talking about to actually right. create it up front. So yeah, definitely. I think that's when you were talking about that, that was something that I think is really important for entrepreneurs to do is to start to document the things you do yep. so that some days your business grows, you can pass that on to somebody else. And it's something that we don't do because we, I don't have time for that. I don't have, we never want to make time for that. Right? right. Those are the little things that make the difference between somebody who's going to scale their business and somebody who's not. Yeah. And I will say, even before you're ready to even get going with um, delegating it, like there's still pieces of my business. I, I have four copywriters and I still will not completely delegate a sales page. Um, like I will tell them the main parts, like we'll do it all. And I still have to like review that sales page, look over it. Like there's still a lot that I do with it, but you know, I've recorded what I'm doing. So they know. So the next time they're going to be better anyways, right? Like yeah. whether or not I'm going to eventually give it off to them completely or not, I, I have a, as a asset in the business. Mm-hmm. Like this is how we do a sales page, right? Yeah. So, and it's saving you so much time. You're not doing it start to finish. So there's, there's steps, there's progress yeah. along the way that in moving towards that direction. Yeah, exactly. So wonderful. It's been such a great time chatting with you. Where can people continue to connect with you? I know you have your podcast, so if we want to direct them there um, and also anywhere else. So absolutely. I would love for you to check out um, everything and you can find that all at camella-jean.com. That's C-A-M-I-L-L-A 
www.jean-jean.com. And also the podcast is called the Mompreneur Experience. You can find that right there on the web page. So, cause I know who the heck knows how to spell Mompreneur, like whose idea was that anyway? <laughs> but, um, but I just have a soft spot in my heart for all of those mompreneurs out there who are really gutting it out and doing it. And I think it can be done so well and so right. And I think that we have a lot to offer the world. So I want to see them succeed. So that is why my podcast is that one. And you can find that at the camella-gene.com slash blog. And you can catch the latest episodes. We have links to resources and stuff like that. And also the process that we've talked about here, I have some worksheets to help you get started on that as well. And you can find those at camella-gene.com slash ideal week. Beautiful. And we will have some resources there. So And then I love to hang out on LinkedIn. So check me out on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, it's been fun. It's always fun with our kids in tow or not. It's Yes, exactly. (laughs) All right. Have a good day. Thanks. Ready to add your next six figures into your coaching practice? We are putting together a special conference called the Scaled Coach Summit, where myself and over 20 speakers are going to be sharing with you all of the details and specific strategies that you can start to implement right away into your business to add your next six figures. Go to impactdrivenentrepreneur.com slash summit, S-U-M-M-I-T, to register and get your hands on this conference with over 20 industry leaders giving you their best tips for adding your next six figures. See you there.